and welcome to a very special episode 27 of the Talking Talkie podcast. On Sunday the 20th, Talkie United will be playing at Ashton Gate in the International League playoff final. We all watched the game against uh, Notts County on Saturday. Uh, what do we all make of it? Fantastic. Uh, Danny Wright should be knighted for services to football. Um, Notts County fans can just spend all their time in the ambulance because they were very upset with various refereeing decisions, which I'm sure we'll get onto. But it was a good game to watch, a lot of fun, but ultimately I would have been happy with a terrible game if we got through. So the main thing is we get to play against Hartlepool on Sunday. I've got to add, that was Chris Ballard you were listening to and you're about to listen to Ben Curry. I'm still a little bit overexcited, so my presenting skills aren't up to their usual incredibly high standards. Uh, I would say it's probably become my favourite ever play more moment. Um, I've fought about long and hard since the final whistle and I'm really yet to come down and actually getting, uh, uh, you know, process it, what I saw, but it was just incredible. I've said it to a fair few people. It was just a privilege to be there and um, it was just absolutely brilliant and I just I'm not going to be able to stop thinking about it for years to come. It would be it be one of those games we talk about for years to come. It was a, a, a real were you there sort of moment, and for those who were there, you'd be talking about it for the, when you're 80 years old. It was it was just amazing. No, I completely agree. It, I, I was thinking about this uh, in my lunch break earlier. Um, I can't think, in, certainly in recent memory, a game that comes close to that. You know, we had a couple of. Uh, Exciting, great escapes under Nico. Um, the Hungerford game where we won the league was great, but we'd sort of already won the league going into that. So I don't think much really comes close to Saturday. I think even down to, you know, I saw when they tweeted about the clappers that people weren't having them. Stroke of genius. That made 17... I mean, it helped make 1,700 feel like 17,000. You know, I've... I've don't think I've ever heard Playmore that. I think the la- last time I heard Playmore that loud was when Kevin Hill scored in the playoffs against Exeter. Um, yeah. It 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 was a it, the atmosphere was incredible. Even whoever sort of set the playlist, you know, proper songs that kind of got the emotion stirring and got people excited. You know, I, I think everyone's probably still got Neil Diamond, Sweet Caroline still in their head. Um, and I think, I'm not sure about anyone else, but I was very confident going into the game when there was a rumour that Danny Wright might be back, uh, but even more confident when the day before the game, the, the news breaks that Gary Johnson signed a new contract. Now, that just shows so many things. One, he's still committed either way to taking this club back to where we should be. It shows that the owners have still got the desire to get us into the Football League and establish us back there. But also all those players who might have been questioning what was happening next season, they know that either way, they'll still be playing for that manager. And I think that was the boost that everyone every, everyone kind of craved going into it. Yeah, I mean, I think a stroke of genius announcing it before the day before the game, Johnson's contract, I wouldn't be surprised if it had been done and dusted a while before. Um, but it's almost like it was a tactical decision to you know drop it the day before the playoff final um i will also echo your point about the the clappers um they sounded great on the tv um i didn't get to go to the game because the commute would have been terrible um when i first saw that they 
been handed out. I was like, oh, that's a bit cheap and a bit gimmicky, but it sounded great. And I don't know if you guys have actually managed to watch the game on replay on the BT Sport, but the commentators there, Adam and Adam Virgo, I forget what the other guy's name is, they were saying how it sounded like there were 10,000 people there. Um, and having been to play more quite a few times, that's not always the case. Sometimes you'll get 2,000 people and it will sound like 200 people. So it makes a nice change to have a crowd that's able to give the team a lift. Um, I, I'm sure it made a big difference. We saw last week with the Notts County um, Chesterfield game that the crowd made a difference. So it is gratifying that we were able to keep that up uh, you know, on, our, on our home patch. I completely agree. I do think that, <clears throat> you know, for the first time ever, home advantage was a real genuine advantage. You know, I think had that been at Notts County with a lot of noise up there, you wonder if, uh, you, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but I genuinely think the crowd carried the team through at moments on Saturday. Um, and yeah, even more of a cliche that I think the crowd really were a 12th man. I think they made a difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it was. Sorry, Ben, carry on. I was going to say it was just incessant. I mean, sometimes at playing more, uh, when we concede a goal, you get the same old people going, getting on the players' back or whatever. But even when we conceded, uh, both uh, equalisers, uh, the, the noise just came back straight away. It, it just, it was, it, it was incessant. And um, I think earlier in the week, Gary Johnson had called on every fan to do their job and be the twelfth man. Um, and every single fan who was there had obviously wanted to be there because it was reduced attendance, and um, they all bought into it. And I, I didn't use the clappers personally. I thought, I thought they were brilliant. I, I mean, I. I, I Clapped normally. Um, I find that a lot easier to um, dissipate my nervous energy, just keeping my, my whole body moving. And uh, so I'm quite happy doing that. But even people who don't normally, who aren't extroverts, who, who don't like getting involved in chanting and singing, could just rattle the, the clappers and, and be part of the, of the day. But there's two drums in the ground, they sounded extra loud. Um, Drew's point of playlist was spot on. The, 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 um, the crowd really got up. Uh, before kickoff, and I think if you're in that changing room and you've been so used all season to having an empty stadium to play in, I think that would have really, really, really got you going. Um, especially when players lining up in the tunnel and they could hear the noise around them, I think that would have really, really got them going for the game. And you can see that by where we started. No, 100. percent I mean, it was so obviously going into the game. There was there was uh, two changes, or I say two changes the two kind of tactical changes to the normal team. So Kyle Cameron's playing on the left wing. That was obviously to combat. They play three at the back and the guy on the right is quite short. I think it's Richard Brindley. I think when they saw that was the lineup, they were rubbing their hands together because they knew that playing uh, Cameron would have played thrown such a curveball. Because you see that, and I think everyone assumed it was going to be three, five, two or something or five at the back or whatever, but it was just an absolute stroke of genius. Um, and I wonder if that was kind of part of the plan. And that's why he played Cameron up front against, uh, was it Alf, not Alfredson, Altrincham. I, I wonder if that's why he played him up front against Altrincham, so that when they saw his name in the team sheet, the last place they'd have thought is left of midfield, which he did a sterling job at, by the way. Uh, you, good players can play football. Great players can play anywhere. So uh, there you go, Carl. Um, well, it, it 
he was just a nuisance, wasn't he? And it, and it worked because every time we had a a, a, a free kick uh, from deep, we just chucked it in there. And if he didn't win it, Asa won it. And if they didn't win it, Danny Wright won it. And they all fixed it onto each other. And they just couldn't handle that overload of height on that side. And it was a complete nuisance. And as you say, they weren't expecting it. And they, they didn't really have a way to combat it. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. And it just goes to show that Gary Johnson is always evolving and he's still got a few tricks up his sleeve. No, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think like we touched on, I think one of the biggest things was the fact that Danny Wright was back in the team. Um, you know, like we're saying, he he lifts the he just lifts the club when he's back. You know, he's he's got that effect that I've not seen many players over the years have. Um, and obviously, not even a minute into the game, we win a throw. Comes out as Joe Lewis, who for a centre back plays one of the best crosses into the box I think I've seen all season. Uh, I think the defender got the last touch in the end, but Danny Wright obviously headed it. It was his goal and um, kind of the perfect start, really. Yeah, it, it really was. And I think that helped the crowd stay in the game. You kind of feel like if it goes goalless for the first half, you not to suggest you'll lose the crowd, but the nervous energy starts to come in. But when you score that early, it really helps. Even if you concede half an hour later, Um I did want to touch on this possibility of offside for that goal because I know a lot of Notts County fans, well, they're bitching generally, um, but they felt that was offside. And initially when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's offside. But then when you see the replay, he looked to step off, but the way the camera angle was, it hadn't taken into account the angle. So I'm pretty sure he was on. But, I mean, he could have been 10 yards offside and I wouldn't give a toss. Like, same thing... with stuff that happened later in the game, like I don't really care if decisions went our way or against another, you know, against Moss County. I just care that it ended up with us scoring four goals. The, the problem with that goal is not a problem. I mean, from a Notts County point of view, is that Moxie went for the long throw in and then dummied everyone and then threw it short to Lewis, who was in acres of space, put the cross in. So if you're expecting the throw in, you can stand in offside position. So when it goes to Lewis, you've only got to get back into an onside position, which is what Chris Bannerman works. But I was in line with it. And to me, it looked it looked a good goal. I think the deflection from the defender took it away from the goalkeeper. I think the goalkeeper was probably might have saved it, but the deflection took it much further into the corner. But even so, what a header. You know, that early in the game to to you know that leap to get your head to the ball, just brilliant. And the celebration, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to celebrate socially distanced and because uh, for some reason they'd, they'd put a, a, another fan in, in the row next to me who hadn't been there for the entire season. So I, I didn't want to start giving him a cuddle. But I <laughs> can only explain the celebration as woking without all the cuddling. It was just basically just, just, it was just shouting as loud as I could to myself or to my dad and just punching the air as many times as I could. And to jump come down as many times as I could, as loudly as I could, um, by myself. But it was still brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much the same here. Um, my celebrations got a little bit more throughout the game. Um, but it's funny, after we scored that goal, it, it, it was pretty much, for the next half an hour, in terms of possession, it was all Notts County. Now, all right you can all blame me because that they scored because just before I said to my dad I said they can have all the possession they want because they weren't creating any chances like I think until the goal there wasn't one and in fairness I was re-watching the goals yesterday 
it was a really good finish. It was a, their goal. Uh, that was Rodriguez there. You know, he he's the player that's clearly going to be off to a League One club in the summer. He's he's very, very good. But it was, um, it, yeah, it, a really good goal. And you can't really take anything away from it, to be honest. The power he generates on that header, when it was behind him, is really very impressive. And when that went in, you know, first off, you're like, oh, damn, good goal. Don't screw it up now to talk. I think I'm conditioned to expect a second goal to come in pretty quickly. Um, but overall in the game, North County did have the majority of the possession, but they didn't create very much. Um, I sometimes delight in looking at North County Twitter or looking at their forums after the game. And they were very unhappy that their possession didn't get them goals, which I always thought the whole point of the game was you score goals to get goals rather than, you know, patted the ball around in the back. So um, it was it was nice that we were able to get to halftime at 1-1 um, because I was a little bit concerned we'd concede again before halftime, which would have made things very difficult. But coming out after halftime and doing the same thing again was great. Um, I don't know what Notts County are doing at the beginning of the halves, but they clearly weren't awake. No, I mean, after, after halftime, I mean, I, I tweeted, I probably won't repeat what I tweeted, but that touch from Adam Randall to get past his man, uh, that that boy is going to be playing championship football in the next four years. I, I've got no doubt. I, I've, said, I've said it a few times. He's the best on the ball footballer we've had since Union O'Kane. I, I, I can't think of anyone better. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, both of those touch, like the first one kind of scooped it past the defender and the second one is a control with his left foot. And I would absolutely agree that he's way too good for this division and he's probably way too good for the division above. No, I mean, if, if I was... Soon... Go on. I was going to say, as soon as Winter won the ball with a thundering challenge, I said to my dad, we're on here. We've, we've got men forward here. We, we, we've got a chance here. And as soon as uh, Randall skipped past his man, it, it, if he found the right ball, I just thought it looked like a goal all the way. Do you know what? It, different... I'm not going to... Com- you can't really compare anything to Silsie's goal, but it had an awe of that about it. When Randell got into that space... That's the problem with play that the fact that they play such a wide back three. You know, I mean, Mark Ellis was effectively just a single one man centre back for the whole game, but you could just see Danny Wright making up that ground in the middle. I mean, the commentary line, uh, Adam Summerton, I think he's called, just nailed it. You know, right waiting in the middle, here he is. And it's funny that that kind of goal he makes it look like such an easy finish, but any of us that have played football, you know, it's not. You know, Sam Slocum is one of the best keepers in this division he makes a goal look small and it's very easy in that thing to put it straight at the keeper or put it over to put it into the top corner as if, you know, as if you're playing a training game with no keeper, great finish. And um, it, for me, it's the run by right. It's he, he doesn't go full pelt. He drops back and waits for the ball to come to him. And when you see some of our strikers we've had this season, they're too eager to get on the goal line. Whereas what Wright's done there with his experience is just is play is find himself a space in the box and hope his, his mate picks him out. And you're right, it, it, it was like um Carlisle and Seals in the respect that it has to be the, the cross has to be perfect. And then the the connection from the striker has to be perfect. And then you've got yourself a great goal. And both were absolutely spot on. And I just love it when you see a ball 
uh, sweeping high into the net and the goalkeeper's clutching at thin air. It, it just looked so good. And yeah, it was just one of those classic Playmore moments. And it was exactly what we needed again after half time because I, I agree with Chris. You know, I think after Notts County had equalised, they sort of had the ascendancy for 10 minutes and half time came at a really good time for us, really. Yeah, no, 100%. Um... I can't remember what minute it was they scored. It, it was it was only a few minutes after. Um, it was a corner in from Rodriguez and uh, their is their left back um, left back Chickson Chickson. Yeah, I mean, like the first one. To be fair, really good finish. He turned oh, quickly, yeah. roof of the net. One of those that I know you can say you can't let him turn, but you you, you don't expect anyone to be able to do that. That's a really good finish and. Uh, yeah, again, again, hats off to County because they, they scored two really good goals. Yeah, I, I, I think I read somewhere that that's the first goal he scored for like six years. He'd never scored for County before. So normally in those situations, you get the left back having a slash at it, bouncing ball. You're happy to ha- let them take it just on this occasion. It, I think it ricocheted enough for crossbar as well, which did, yeah. aesthetically is always very nice. It always mm-hmm. makes it look better than it maybe is. But goalie had no chance. Um and I think that was, like I say, four minutes after our goal. So you're 51st, maybe 52nd minute. It's not, you know, you still have a good half an hour to go at least before the end of the game. And I was surprised there were no more goals before the 90 minutes came up, actually, because I, I thought we pressed pretty well all day. They were not good at defending the long ball. And I, d- I always like it when uh, managers and opposition fans complain about the way that we play the game. Like, We've identified a weakness in your defence. Of course, we're going to exploit it. We're not going to play ticky-tacker football because you don't want us to attack your centre-halves. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Johnson demonstrated again why he's the best manager in this division and he'll be the best manager in League 2 next year. I think fair play to County, I have to say. Um, I thought you know they showed a lot of spirit. In I don't think they would have played in that sort of stadium, with that sort of atmosphere, with none of their own fans there to help them out, ever. And it would have been very easy to wilt with, with early goals in each half, but they came back strongly, and both goals were, 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 were good goals, and you've got to hold your hands up and just say they were really good football goals. I think if you're a neutral who just happened upon a bit of Saturday morning football on BT Sports, see what it was all about, I think you'd be really, really impressed by the standard of football for both teams. I thought it was mm. a really good advert for a national league. And had County won the game, I'd have had no complaints, to be honest. I liked, I don't mind losing the teams who play football properly and, and play football well, fair play. They, they didn't resort to any dark arts or shithousing, anything like that. They, they played a really good game. And I, I know it's been fun laughing at all their fans who've been crying about it ever since and laughing at Lay Curtis, who was a bit of a dickhead in the lead up to the game. But, you know, if they won that game and gone up to the, the Football League, you'd just say, fair enough. But they didn't. Yeah, and I, th- I, I think you, you'll see in the next few weeks prior to the beginning of the next National League season, Notts County fans saying we should have gone up now. The problem with it is, is they were nowhere until Birchnell came in. Um, he struggled, I think, four or five games after he came in, but since that initial start, they've been really very good. They were unlucky not to beat us at Playmore. I mean, they were 2 nil up and we scored in the 90th plus eight, I think, with Winter. Um, so they were very deserving of of being in the playoffs despite having a, a rocky start. Um, 
I just, you know, I, we've spoken about it on this pod before that next season in the National League is going to be a bloodbath with how many teams there are in there expecting to win the league and not, you know, you can't have nine teams win the league, unfortunately. Um, so it remains to be seen what happens on Sunday. Um, I do think we should talk about the goals in extra time because uh, that's very entertaining. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was just <laughs> saying, since I was saying fair play to Notts County before yeah. we discussed the fact that we put them to bed and we won the game. But um, no, it, I just, after you, sorry. I was just going to say, I completely agree. The county were good. Um, and, but I've said this loads and I just, I got this feeling on the day. Watch it. I just kept glancing over to both benches just to see what the difference was. And Ian Birchnell couldn't stop pacing. He couldn't stop kind of just doing this, that the action of calm down, calm down, trying to relax his players. Gary Johnson just stood there like, like a fucking mafia boss. Just a stone. So it's just that stone look about him and the only times he really kind of moves is to clap along to his own chant mm. if that man isn't going to take team up to the football league i don't know who is you know in birchall was wearing a pair of trainers with with, with a pair of chinos i mean they played well but i'd have felt far more uncomfortable if neil ardley was in charge of them far more uncomfortable yeah um into extra time i think it was six or seven minutes into the first period of extra time that we scored. A um, little bit of controversy, given that it, the ball definitely did hit Lemon Hay Evans's hand before Ellis came across to clear it for the corner, from which we then scored. Um, but it's one of those where, you know, if that is hitting the guy's hand anywhere else on the field, you don't think about it. So why would you think about it just because the corner was the one that we scored from? Um, it was the classic Andrews to uh, Hall corner routine, which they've been doing a lot this season. Hall, Hall runs near post and tries to flick it on. And I think he got a head in the eye, so to speak, for his troubles as well. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a perfect corner from Jake and an even better header. Um, I mean, Saturday was a captain's performance from Acer. Defensively, he was just outstanding. He broke up so many players. And there was... There was a tackle at some point in the second half. I can't remember exactly when. I just I turned to my dad and said, that's a match-winning tackle. That's one of those where he just kind of dived in at the last minute when one of their players was starting to get a bit of a run together, um, that you need that experience to know how to time. Uh, and then, yeah, perfect header. And yet, Wooden, their number nine, did go into him. Seemed like the adrenaline kept him going. But looking at the replays, Billy Waters effectively tries to pull his head off with his arm around his neck and uh, Ace had to receive some treatment and um, I actually think him kind of going down for a bit I know you can't really run the clock down because the time got added on but I think little things like that did help us I just want to pay tribute to Acer because like you said I thought it was a captain's performance um, uh, he was outstanding I think the tackle you're referring to I think he dallied on the ball when lost possession about five seconds before that and it was a sort of a covering tackle which he had to make but yeah, yeah. I mean he's, he's not the most demonstrative captain we've ever seen but I just think he leads by example on the pitch and I think all the players have got the utmost respect for him um, I'd just like to pick both your brains on what you thought about um, Danny Wright coming off uh, at the beginning of extra time and it was Kim Pioca who came on up front um now, he'd called Billy Waters uh, back from warming up about five minutes before the end of normal time. 
And uh, when Kim Pioko got the call ahead of him, uh, Billy Waters just looked absolutely crestfallen. Um, but I thought Kim Pioka did a really good job. He's had his critics and we've all, you know, pointed at nowhere to hide in the two live games of those two chances, which in, 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 in either game, which were pretty important at the time. But I thought he came on and I thought against the timing defence, I thought he did a really good job. I thought it was a great decision. I'm not Benji's biggest fan. Um, I think he's let the team down on occasion this season, like you say, both the live games especially. Um, but he was fantastic when he came on. I, I mean, I say I think it was a really good decision. That's with the benefit of hindsight because he just, with his running and his pace, he just caused Ellis all sorts of problems because he's a completely different player to uh, Danny Wright. Now, I'm a massive fan of Billy Waters and I'd have always give you know, if it was my choice, I'd always kind of pick him over. Um over Benji, but you you can't really fault Benji's performance. He was just outstanding in that kind of. He didn't give Ellis one bit of room. He, he was busy. He hassled. It, it's that kind of substitute performance you need just to help run the clock down. If anything, it, it felt to me like the ball was down that end, the family stand end, a lot more in the first half of extra time than it had been down the away end in the second half of normal time, if, if, if you understand what I mean. Yeah, so it, no, it, it, felt, it felt like we'd managed to get the ball nearer to their goal in that 15 minutes. And that's possibly how we managed to get, put the pressure on to get the two goals, which weren't to get the game. Yeah, I mean, I when I saw Danny Wright was coming off, my initial thought was, well, he's not playing the penalties then, which was encouraging. Um, because I think if you expect it to go to penalties, you keep Danny Wright on because you would assume that he's going to be good for one of those five. Um, playing Kimbioko against Ellis, who, as we know, has the turning circle of the Exxon Valdez, is a good move. Um, certainly, you want to make sure that you do try and stretch the game in extra time. And Benji was really very good. I mean, he held the ball up after we got the two goals. He was holding the ball up in their end as well, which is very frustrating when you're a team trying to chase the ball and, you know, at least get one goal to give yourself a chance. Um, Waters came on not long after he came on, I think, anyway. And it was, in fact, Waters who was involved for the corner that led to the third goal as well. So um, I think he was also involved in the penalty incident as well. So he did get his, his you know, few minutes in the sun. So I think, again, it's just testament to how good Johnson has been this season. Um, like you, Sam, I've not always been the biggest fan of Kim Pioga this season. I think he's cost us at least four points um, with decisions that haven't been very good. Although I do think he's talented and I would, I've said it before, but I'll definitely take him on loan next season if, if he's offered to us. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about next season. I think, I think it's one of those where it, it depends who else is available. And I, I actually think Waters was really good as well when he came on. Um, you know, again, he's so busy. He, he runs, he doesn't stop. And, uh, you know, I, th I think he's been unlucky to lose his place in the kind of like tail, tail end of the season because he did have that real purple patch. Um, but yeah, obviously, so once Acer had been fixed up and I thought he was going to come straight off, but he, he didn't. They, they kept him on. Um, obviously, so Connor Evans was put through. Um, Ellis goes through him. A lot of people, a lot of Notts fans were saying, no, it's, it's not a penalty. If you watch it, there's one angle that you watch it from, and it, it is a penalty. Whilst he does get the ball, he goes through the back of the player. And 
ask yourself if it was anywhere else in the pitch do you give a foul yeah you probably do so I think it was the right call to give it as a penalty um and I think we're all probably thinking oh Moxie does he take penalties apparently so great penalty um it's funny Ben you mentioned the celebrations with all the goals it well, the first two goals of my celebration was similar to the sounds of to the to yours by the sound of things. Um, I, I'm not sure how this happened, uh, and I'd love to have a good word with whoever the stewards are. But disgustingly, I ended up standing quite close to one of my friends later in the second half, which is appalling because there is a pandemic on. Um, but when Acer scored, there was a lot of kind of mounting going on. I unfortunately broke my clapper when I smashed it against the uh, metal bar of the pop side because there was quite a lot of emotion there. Um, and then, yeah, when 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 Moxie scored, after a kind of couple of seconds of shouting, I just put my hands behind my head and had that realisation of we've done it, we're going to the final. I, I thought the game was won there. I really did because in the whole of extra time, albeit that kind of 15 minutes, knots were on the back foot. They didn't look like getting anything. And I just thought, I, it's our day. Then they're, they're not going to come back from this. I thought with the crowd and everything, yeah, when Moxie scored, it was just one of those, it's the scoreboard and uh, yeah, 4-2, I thought that, that, that's it. It's just get released the ticket details. I thought Moxie did really well because he took he gave himself an extra couple of seconds um, in between the referee sounding his whistle and him taking it. He composed himself. And I thought he, he, he really felt he knew what he was doing with that penalty. I mean, some, some players you see just take it as quickly as they possibly can and they get a clue away to the goalkeeper. But I don't think you could read what he was going to do. But in his own mind, he knew he was going to put it that side high. And it was, a, it was a good penalty and it was the uh, most experienced player on the pitch at that point. And you could tell he'd used every year of his experience to put that ball where it needed to be. And like you, I think I celebrated that goal least vociferously because it was just the realisation that, that we had done it. I, th I think the two-goal cushion felt safe. Although obviously when, when Kovlad had to make a world-class save a minute later and they hit the bar with a rebound, you probably think actually it might not be safe. Yeah, no, I've got a good point. I mean, that's I. I was at the the other end. I, I was kind of in large the eight in large in line with the eighteen yard box uh, on the pop side. So I can't. I didn't get a great view of that save. But yeah, from what I could see from my angle, I, I'm not sure how it didn't stay out. And sometimes I think someone's looking down. Someone's looking down. And it's there's a little bit of fate on your side. You know, another day. That goes in, and then in the second half, uh, second half extra time, Carl Wooden's bicycle kick, which effectively grazed the top of the bar on its way over, that goes in. You know, another day it goes to four four, and then uh, you know Danny Wright's off penalties, Aces off penalties, because obviously Matt Buse came on at half time of, of extra time, and for, for his fifteen minute cameo, did everything you'd want him to, faultless. Um, but no, I think. It, it was just, it was our day. I think when we got to 4-2, I, I genuinely thought this is it. I say that, I, I didn't enjoy any of the game really until we were 4-2 up and the goals. But 
I was never particularly worried about knots on the day. The only thing I was worried about was us undoing our own good work. Whilst knots had a couple of good goals, they never looked like they were kind of, they never looked like they were in control of the game. Even with all that possession, I just think the whole day, it seemed like it was going to be our day. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I think when you're watching the game, you know, you're so full of emotion, it's hard to be entirely disconnected from it. But afterwards, you know, once you've taken an hour or two to maybe have a drink and calm down, you can say we deserved to win that game. I, I thought Knott's played well in patches, but they never applied the pressure that you might expect them to, especially when they were two goals down with 15 minutes to play. You would expect wave upon wave of, of attacks, and they just didn't come. Some of that was because of our game management. Kim Bioka, that you know, who came on, was very good at that. Even Boos and his little cameo did pretty well, just breaking up players as he as he could. Um, but it was it was nice to get to the last five minutes of a game and not feel overly concerned. We haven't won a lot of games by that many goals. Like I know it was only two goals, but a lot of our you know, we, you know, we talk about Gary time and it's scoring one goal in injury time. So, you know, we're winning by a goal in a lot of cases. But this time around, I didn't feel any kind of danger from Notts County in the last five minutes. And actually it was, the, the game kind of fizzled out anticlimactically really, which was was a very nice relief. Yeah, the, no, last, 15, the last 15 minutes, second half of extra time, it flew by really. And um, I think... I was thinking about this game as a whole and why it was so special to me personally. I think because it had that jeopardy, because it was on a knife edge for so long, all it needed was one mistake or one bit of magic and, and that's it, that's, that's the end of your season. And I think that's why when we scored two goals in, in five minutes, all that nerve and tense and all, all that uh, anxiety all just, just fl- flooded away and you actually start to relax a little bit more. But, but that's why it, the atmosphere was, was so special because it was so tense. So I really felt like the crowd were driving the players on and getting them over the line and really to play a part in, in, in helping the team win that game. Uh, I've seen a lot of people compare it to Scarborough and with Scarborough in 98, the thing is we were two up after five minutes and five one up in the tie with 80 minutes to go and it just turned into a party atmosphere. It wasn't it wasn't about pushing the team on or, or getting behind the team. It was just having about having a good time. Um, whereas now the, the acoustics with all four sides, it, it just I've never heard it that loud, and it it was thunderous, and it was just absolutely brilliant. And I think a lot of that was just because a lot of people were just shouting as loud as they could because a they were nervous and it helped soothe their nerves, and b because it. it it was just to help. You could see the effect he was having on, on on the team as we were doing it. No, you're absolutely right. I think it was. You say about easing the nerves. I um. I I was made aware by by someone stood near me that I, I was giving Ed Marquez absolute dog's abuse in that second half. Um, <laughs> so was I. I was, and I don't know why I was doing it because I like Marquez. I think he was great for us. And I don't know why I was doing it just because he was a pantomime villain for the day. I've got nothing against him. Yeah, at all. I think he's great. I, I was giving him dog's abuse. I drink with his dad occasionally. Um, I was giving him dog's abuse about his dad. It's disgusting. It's immature. And I'm absolutely not going to apologise for it because I, in my head it got us over the line. Um, I, I, we got to the full-time whistle. And if you ever needed more reassurance that, that, that how together that squad is, the reaction at full-time. I mean, 
Joe Lewis looked like we just won the title. I've, I've, you know, overjoyed. Dean Moxie just was right in front of us, just dropped to his knees. Um, and it's just... funny. It's funny that a lot of uh, Twitter experts have told us uh, in March that Gary Johnson had lost the dressing room. Um, so yeah. I'd, I'd I'd love to see what it was like with Paul Van Whistle if if he still had the dressing room uh, by his side. It would have been ten times better than that, surely. No, it must have been. I mean, they'd have probably done that thing where they pick him up and throw him. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words. You know, it, it's funny. That game against Woking, obviously we had to come from behind for the whole thing. And that there was that one moment when Ben Winter scored that you said it before, Ben, if you could bottle up that feeling then and sell it, you'd be a millionaire. I felt like that numerous times on Saturday but the full-time whistle it was just it was just immense pride in the job that that team have done and I think the fact that so many people had written us off you know I could name I'm not going to name names but certain people all through that bad spell just completely wrote us off and you know that that shout of oh yeah we struggled to make the playoffs or you know we wouldn't get through the playoffs but it just feels like that team will always play for Gary Johnson. They will always play for the uh, right until the end. And to miss out on the title, considering the gap that there was at one stage, to miss out on the title in the manner that we did, I think we lost it by, what, two or three points in the end. You know, not an awful lot. To come back and put in a performance like that against a very good Notts County team who were on a good run of form, PE teacher manager or not, I just not only the how the players' mentality and the players' attitudes, but it just is such a testament to what a good job this manager's done. You know, to reinvent a team two or three times in a season with the amount of injuries and the amount of you know the recruitment has been tough this season with all the COVID rules and when you can and can't bring people in and you know the different tiers we are in. That's why we were stuck with youth players and, and, you know, t- t- took a while to get someone experienced like Bowden in, you know, without your first team, you know, your first choice attack effectively for half the season to reinvent that squad to the, to play the way they did and get back in and really give us the best chance possible of winning that final. It, it, it is the biggest testament to the players, the owners and Gary Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I you know we've all seen people on Twitter and various forums expecting the team to collapse, and I'm sure they would be happier if we had missed out on the playoffs because there is a certain subsection of our fandom, and I'm sure it's the same for any club, but there's a certain amount of people who revel in the misery. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy following your team, and some people seem to much prefer it when we are terrible. Um, so it's nice to be able to stick two fingers up at that. Um, to echo what you just said, Sam, about Johnson and the team being together, um, anybody who thought that the dressing room had been lost should maybe never watch football again um, because they clearly don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, and again, you know, we've said it before that if we'd had fewer injuries, we probably would have run away with the league. Um, there was a funny moment on the on Johnson's interview on BT Sport after the game. I don't know if you saw it. Um, but they basically said, oh, you know, you must be pleased to have Danny Wright back. 
And he said, yeah, if we hadn't got injured, we'd have won the league by 20 points. He's right. He's absolutely right. Which yeah. he immediately retracted because I think he saw the look on people's faces. But he's not wrong. Like, Wright scored, well, I guess he got 11 goals now. Um, but he, the last goal before his bigger injury was when, was was Yeovil, I think, Boxing yeah. Day or US Day, I forget which one it was. So to be without him for, you know, five or six months regularly and for him to still have an impact when he plays is, is amazing. And, you know, we started the season with a very progressive sort of formation, you know, with, with Whitfield in, in the main, uh, with a lot of pace. And then we had to change it. We had to grind out results. And we had a couple of, you know, probably eight weeks where things were going very badly. And then we got back into it. But we weren't playing the same style of football because we just didn't have the players. We'd all love to play like Spain or 1970s Brazil if we can, but we don't have the players to do that. So that's where Johnson's always been very good is he's getting the best out of his players using a system that benefits them and uses their abilities to the, you know, in the best way. So um, I would feel very comfortable having him as a manager. I'm not going to say forever because that's a loaded thing to say, but, you know, I, I've said he's the best manager in this division. I think he'll be the best manager in league two as well. If we get there. I think Danny Wright is your, your talisman, and I don't think we realised that enough until he got injured. Um, I think we soon realised he was most important player. Of all the players who were injured, he was the most important one because he gave you that uh, uh, up front. He, he just gave you that, 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 that bit of know-how. And um, he came back uh, half fit at Easter and scored a winning goal in, in a boring game against Woking. And then immediately that, that perks everyone up and thought, OK, we're, we're going to crack on now. And they injured straight away again. And there was a bit of negativity surrounding that. And he's come back again and he's perked everyone up on, on Saturday with, with two brilliantly taken goals. And he it, it, it just gives you that presence. Um, you know, he plays with a smile on his face. He, you could tell he was loving every minute of it. Um, he's certainly worth a contract next season in the Football League. I don't care what anyone says, just, just to sign him up. Um, and it's just that togetherness at the final whistle, which will stay with me forever. It'll be the, the biggest thing I ever take away from the Gary Johnson era. It's just that feeling of pure joy between the manager, the players and the fans at the final whistle. And it was brilliant for the seasons uh, pre-COVID. And even he, he showed importance of making complete tit out of himself um, in an empty stadium in the cold nights in February fist pumping a camera perched on top of the pop side. He would do that to try and show the fans that he was with the fans and try and create that, that sort of siege mentality. And on Saturday, it was special that he took the players to all four corners of the ground and saluted all the fans who were there. And it's just that feeling of togetherness and that feeling of if you bump into one of the players in town, you can have a little chat with them and you, you don't feel like you're bothering them. And it's just that feeling that's always been there at Torquay. And that, that's why it's so special. And it was just a privilege to be able be there to just really enjoy and take in those uh, moments after the final whistle, which were only about five minutes, but just so nice to see how, so much joy around the place after what has been a really, really troubling and shit year for all of us. I couldn't, couldn't sum it up better myself. Um, well, today we uh, were given the details of the tickets, much the anticipated uh, Hartlepool release them a little bit sooner, but um, yeah, it's season ticket holders got their priority access today. Um, 
I've got mine, I must admit. Um, hopefully the best best £41 I've, I've ever spent. Um, and yeah, I, I genuinely hope that everyone who deserves to be there is. Part of me would like to say that anyone who wrote the team off and uh, wrote Gary Johnson off and you know berated us throughout the season, do yourself a favour and stay at home. Let, let some people go who are actually going to enjoy it. Um, but... It's not a long journey, hour, hour and a half to Ashton Gate. I think Torquay fans are going to make an absolute racket there. I think it's going to be, I, th- I really think it's ours to lose now. Uh, I've got my tickets today, happy to say. Um, I only got um, myself and my dad both season ticket holders. I know some people have been getting multiple tickets for uh, people who possibly aren't season ticket holders. But have been part of the bubbles at Playmore. I think that's a little bit naughty. Um, but, you know, I just hope that enough people who deserve to be there are there. I mean, it's it's 3,000 is our allocation, give or take. And that clearly is not enough for me uh, how many people want, want a ticket. There is no easy way to do it. It's not a talking night issue. It's not a National League issue. It's a COVID issue at the end of the day. It, it, this situation is because of COVID. It's not ideal. Um I, I hope everyone who, who, who get, gets one makes the noise because everyone who got the, uh, the 1,700 tickets for, for Saturday all joined in and made the noise and made the day what it was. I just hope that the 3,000 who, who are lucky enough to get tickets for, for Sunday behave in the same manner and just get behind the team for 90 minutes. Um, it's it's going to be a weird atmosphere. Um, tickets are randomly disputed, so you can't try and find your mates or create some sort of singing section. So it's really down to the individual to make show you support and, and, and make as much noise as you possibly can. I wonder if the club will consider getting the clappers up there again, or if they'll be allowed to. I, mean, I don't know if Ashton Gate would say, I don't think so. Um, but I would like to uh, to watch a game with you know equal number of fans and hear talking fans more than I do the opposition. Hartlepool, I'm sure, will sell out their allocation. Um, they're probably a little bit miffed that it's in Bristol, considering where they are in the country. But I think anyone can just say, suck it up, since Torquay have had to travel so far for so long in various different divisions over the years. So um, I, I, think it, I think it was Helen, wasn't it? Helen Chamberlain. I think she, she found the funny side of, of a load of shit we were getting on various forums saying this was a Gary Johnson decision to play Ashton Gate and he's, he's, he's paid a backhander to the National League to play Ashton Gate. And obviously... Clearly, that hasn't happened, but it's ridiculous. Like, I, I mean, there I could name half a dozen clubs in the National League with more clout than us. Um, so you know, you can talk about history, you can talk about size of fandom, you can talk about the owners, but um, the fact that it's at Ashton Gate is a symptom of the fact that it was the only one that was really available. I mean, you mm. can't play. I had an argument the other day with somebody talking about it, like, you can't play any of the Northwestern Premier League stadium because. They're all under different COVID rules right now. Uh, London is going to be super expensive. Um, so I, I'm sure the National League basically called every club in the country with a stadium that holds more than 20,000 people and said, hey, how much would it cost us to host our event at your place? And but also, I mean, the Ashton Gate is, um, it's not just Bristol City Stadium. It, it is the kind of the arena of the Southwest, if you like. It's that That's where... You know, the Bristol Bears play rugby there. They have, maybe it's a COVID vaccination centre and they have quite a lot of gigs there. It, it, 
it's probably more simple to go somewhere like that that is, you know, you can hire it as an arena, not just getting in touch with, you know, Mr. Glazer and saying, oh, can we use, uh, how much to use Old Trafford? I think that's probably why they've done it. And it is really, for a National League game, it's the perfect size. You know, I mean, it is a shame. It's funny, I've always, complete sidetrack, I've always argued that we shouldn't play the National League or Conference Player Final at Wembley because it's too big, even if you allowed as many as you want you know Torquay wouldn't take more than 8,000 usually you know if you got that inside a ground like Ashton Gate you make a bit of noise so yeah no no issues with me um only thing is I'm we're driving off found it's a bit of an ass to park at so uh yeah I mean I you know I think so many games being held at Wembley over the past few years has kind of diminished its importance um so I I think league should be looking to find a stadium that suits their requirements rather than just saying, we're going to play at Wembley. Um, honestly, it wouldn't matter. They, they could play at St. James's Park as long as we win this. Because I don't give, you know, I don't care. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the game. I feel way more confident than I have been for a few weeks. Um, I think Hartlepool are a siding form. They have a couple of, they have uh, Oates who keeps scoring goals for fun. We'll have to keep an eye on him, but um, we saw earlier on in the season what Wright can do to them. He's got a hat at their place. So I don't think anyone should feel ashamed of being confident about going up on Sunday afternoon. Uh, that will play in their minds, definitely, knowing that Danny Wright is back in our ranks because um, he was missing when they came down to play more and uh, turned us over 1-0. You know, I think it was quite a tight game. I, I don't think there was a lot between two teams on that day. and We had about a million injuries that day. So it will definitely play on their minds that the Hatchet Hero is playing against them, I think. Um, but I think we're 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 a better team than we were uh, when they came down and played more. Simple as that. I think it's the small things, isn't it? I mean, I, the last time I did a podcast for you chaps, um, I was saying that Sherring had an absolute nightmare against Barnet, and I was saying that Cameron's got to come straight back in. But Johnson's had none of that, and and Sherring had a brilliant game on Saturday, and it's all about that man management, which I I would clearly fail at because Sherring is is looking 10 foot tall again and he's going to be super confident going into the match and we don't even need to put Carl Cameron into our back four we can just use him somewhere else on the pitch which is madness but that's just it just seems like a very talk United thing at the moment and I just think that the players just look and feel super confident and I think they'll because of the, the lack of travelling time I mean, we'll probably do an overnight stay anyway, but we, we, we've trained at Bristol so many times on, on the way up to away games that it will be second age to, to players anyway. I, I think they'll be so relaxed coming into the, into the game that I, I think it's the perfect occasion. And I think we really will rise to the occasion. Yeah, normal away game. No getting suits fitted. No special plans. Treat it as a complete normal game. You know... You know, potentially ninety minutes away from being back in the league. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being funny. If you'd have offered me this this time, what three years ago when uh, Gary Hours had just sleepwalked us into the uh, sweatwalked us into the Conference South, and we literally had, n- you know, no idea. You know, for all I knew, I thought that was it. I thought that was going to be part time club forever. If you'd have offered me this three years ago, ninety minutes away from the football league. You know, obviously, all I want to happen is to win on Saturday. But regardless, to, to have that 
enthusiasm back again. Just every, you, you, we owe it all to Gary Johnson. Yeah, I, I agree. It's funny when when Sutton lost to Notts County and we were top of the league and we couldn't be caught cool if, if we won one matches. I was I suddenly became very very nervous and the enormity of the situation sort of came over me. I realised how big it was and I wasn't coping as as well as I normally do. But when that situation played itself out and we failed, uh, leading up to Notts County on Saturday, I wasn't nervous in the slightest and I was just going to enjoy the day and I enjoyed it a million times, a million times over. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I'm not nervous thinking about um, Sunday at all. I, I, I think I'm just going to go and enjoy it. And as we said at the very beginning of the podcast, even if we don't go up, hey, we've got Gary Johnson in charge of us next season. How good is that? Yeah, it, it could be and has been a lot worse in the past few years. Um, I did want to just ask you what you thought of... Um, I saw some video after the Hartlepool Stockport game of them celebrating in their changing room like they'd won the European Cup, which I'm always a little bit dubious because their job isn't to beat Stockport in the semi-final of the playoffs. Their job is to beat Torquay in the final. And I didn't see anything similar from the changing rooms that play more on Saturday. That uh, Sunday? No, Saturday. Whatever day it was. Well, um, in, two, in 2009, I think uh, Bucks and the lot players touched on this in the Legends of the Buckle era uh, night. Um, 2009, uh, when we beat Histon, it was just business as usual. It was just um, game face on, get on with it, don't even concentrate on the joy of winning the semi-final, just concentrate purely on the final. And I think the Cambridge lads in their semi-final, they showed, they were jumping up and down and, and celebrating. And I don't know whether that men- mentally takes your eye off the ball, even by two or three percent. But if it did, then it certainly showed because we turned up to the final that year and it was just pure focus on the job at hand. And I, I, I think the thing with Gary Johnson is there won't be complacency. I mean, he's been promoted seven times as a manager, for goodness sake. He's, he, he knows how to do this. He's not going to let any player already think that they're promoted. Yeah, enjoy Saturday. Enjoy the feeling of having a crowd there. Enjoy those five minutes walking on the pitch, uh, saluting your, your family and friends. But... As soon as we, you know, the fans have left the ground, that's it. That's over now, and we get on with the job at hand, and that's beating Hartlepool on Sunday. Bang on! I echo everything you've just said. I, I, it's ours to lose. You know, I thought we they handled themselves really well on Saturday. Um, like you say, treat it like a normal game. Hartlepool celebrating like they won the league. Um, also, I don't know if it will help or not, but. Torquay have just played in front of a fantastic atmosphere. I don't know if you watched their game. It was like watching a pre-season friendly. There was no atmosphere. It was a flat game. It was two It was two teams avoiding loss, trying not to lose. Whereas us against Notts County, it was two teams trying to win. So I just think the way we approach that game, I think they'll approach it in the exact same way. Let's be honest, the aggregate score of us and Hartlepool this season is 5-1. In hindsight, I'm always glad they did beat us when they did because we know how they will try and win a game. That's how they will try and win a game of football is get one goal and then do a job on your attackers. That's That will be their game plan. I fully fully expect Gary, Gary to send them out, attack, just attack them. You know, they, they weren't that good at the back. And uh, who knows, probably have Carl Cameron playing uh, number 10. He'll be in goal, won't he? He hasn't played in goal yet this season. It's a bit like the sort of 
the northeast rude hullet yeah. centre back centre forward and central midfield uh, I just want to uh, uh, point people in the direction of a video that has surfaced in the aftermath of our win of a group of fans purportedly talking fans um, jumping about making asses of themselves singing obscene songs about um, an ex-city legend who sadly died way before his time and I'd like to distance talking about it from that as as fiercely as I possibly can and if you know anybody involved in that video please 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 send uh, uh, their details to the police or anyone who would be able to sort them out because it was vile disgusting there's no place in life no place to talk united no place in football and that sort of thing has to stop and it's an embarrassment and a disgrace bang on bang on Right, well, I think that's that. Um, anyone going on Sunday, hopefully see you there. Make as much noise as possible, but enjoy it. These days don't come around very often. I think it's 10 years since the last time we're in a playoff final. Enjoy the day. Do your, do your bit. Get behind the team. Just, yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah, that's that's all I can really add. Just enjoy the day out, wear your colours, make some noise, and uh, hopefully next time we speak league. to you, yeah, next time we speak to you, we'll be a football league team and um, come on, you yellows! Come on, you yellows! Come on, you yellows! <laughs>